In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Hillgate The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley. We are a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. Today we are fired up to be joined by Amanda Wilbanks. Amanda is a graduate of the University of Georgia, class of 2009. She graduated from the Terry College with her BBA in marketing. She is an author and an entrepreneur. She authored the cookbook Southern Baked, celebrating life with pie. And in 2012, she founded the Buttermilk Pie Company in Gainesville, Georgia, which is now the Southern Baked Pie Company, and has taken that from its original roots to now a burgeoning business with four retail locations, the flagship in Gainesville, and then three sister locations in Alpharetta, Buckhead, and Vinings. Her pies have been featured in Garden and Gun Magazine, Southern Living, and O Magazine, and they are also sold in Williams and Sonoma stores. Uh, she was recently honored by the University of Georgia Alumni Association in 2020 as one of their 40 under 40, and Southern Baked Pie was named a Georgia Small Business Rockstar by the Georgia Department of Economic Development this year. Uh, Amanda is also a wife and mother, and she is a damn good dog, and we are proud to have her. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you for having me here, and go dogs. Go dogs. So the first thing I want to ask you about is uh, I want to learn a little bit about the kitchen that you grew up in and uh, the people and the food that inspired you to kind of chase this dream. Well, I grew up cooking in the kitchen with my grandmother. I come from a big Southern Baptist family. My grandmother was the organist. My grandfather was the minister of music. So you went to church every Sunday and after church on Sunday, you were expected to come to my grandmother's house and have Sunday lunch. It never felt like a chore. It felt like just something that I craved and enjoyed. I would, um, I was in charge of making the biscuits. She taught me how to make homemade biscuits and homemade cobblers. So I would stand up in a chair from as little as four years old and literally mix the biscuits by hand um, and help put the fruit into the dish and, and lattice the crust on top of the cobblers. And so I really grew up with a love of cooking from a love, a young age and cooking to me meant family and togetherness and warmth and comfort. Um, and so it really just kind of carried into my career. Um, I always cooked with my mom at home. She could make a meal in 30 minutes or less and have a dinner and three side dishes and a dessert and all while working full time and calling out my spelling words at the same time as I sat across the bar looking at her run around the kitchen. Um, so she was just a phenomenal influence in my life when it came to really solidifying like what cooking means and bring it the cooking brings us together and it, it really the kitchen becomes the heart of your home or at least it is in my case and so that's kind of where my love for cooking um, began at a young age and then carried through as as I got older. So as you were growing up, was the University of Georgia something that was cultural within your family, something that you were kind of aspiring towards, or were there other places that you were looking at when you were trying to make your college choice? 
So you're not going to believe this, but when I applied to college, I only applied to the University of Georgia. And my mom thought I was crazy and my family thought I was nuts. But I was just determined that if I didn't go to UGA, I just I just thought I would get in. Honestly, I mean, I was naive and I was like, I'll get in for sure. There's 22 members of my family who have all been and graduated to Georgia, whether grad school or undergrad. Um, so I just thought, OK, I'll get in. It'll be great. Now, looking back, I realize how foolish that was. But thank <laughs> God. Georgia accepted me, even though they deferred me, they accepted me. And the rest is history. Oh, that's a fantastic story. I love that. Also love like the breadth of Georgia that's within your family. So dogs everywhere. That's fantastic. Dogs um, everywhere. We had interviewed uh, Ashley Strickland Freeman, who wrote the Duke's Mayonnaise cookbook. And love that book. yes, it's fantastic. So she told us a story about how the majority of her family are gators. And I was like, uh, well, you, you made it out of the abyss and made the right choice. <laughs> that's right. You made it out of the swamp and made the right choice. Like, that's right. <laughs> she sure did. So I love that. Well, um, so what was your time like in Athens? Did you, did you, when you got there, did you know you wanted to uh, be a marketing major or were you just feeling it out or kind of what, what was your plan when you got there? You know, when I got there, I went in thinking I'm going to be a pediatric oncologist and I'm going to major in biology and I'm going to come out and go to med school. And I took my first uh, biology class and realized it was my first semester of college. So I probably didn't give it a very good go. You know, I'm, there's a lot of distractions your first semester. I was having a lot of fun. I was a baby <laughs> at Georgia and, you know, like I was I was enjoying the college experience. And I quickly decided that I wasn't going to make it uh, into OCHEM probably. And I probably would have failed OCHEM. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to call my parents and tell them I'm switching my major to business. And one day I'm going to run my own company. I had no clue what that would be or what I would do. But I was like, you know what, marketing sounds great. Everybody needs a business degree. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I so empathize with that. I was a history and English major. And so I only took the science classes that were required to get a degree uh, right. because yeah, I just that that wasn't um, that's not in my spiritual gifting, so I had to just leave that alone. <laughs> um, well, that's great. So, so when you got done in '09, I mean, first off, you were there for some pretty cool seasons. I mean, '07 season was pretty magical, and then '08 had a, had a lot of folks coming back, so some cool memories. And I want to talk to you about the sports side of things a little bit later. But as you transitioned out in '09, did you have I guess, a formulated plan that, hey, I want to start a business and I'm going to get there and this is how I want to do it? Or, or what were your goals when you got done in Athens? You know, I, I rushed through college, which I look back and I regret a little bit. I graduated in three years instead of four. I hate that because why would anybody do that? I missed a whole extra football season I could have had. I, I look back and think I should have been on the five-year plan, not the three-year plan. That's right. Um, but it, I mean, that's, that's the way to do life. My husband did life that way and he's super happy. So, um, but I did graduate Terry with a job. I felt like the University of Georgia and the Terry College of Business really equipped me with walking away from college with a career path and a job. I landed a job with State Farm. I participated in a sales competition um, through the Terry College of Business. And it was a mock competition where you sell products to Eli Lilly and Philip Morris and Klein and State Farm. They, they bring in officers from the company and you're selling them a, a fake product. And there were 150 people in the competition and I made the top 10 
Um, and then I think I placed seventh, so I wasn't in the top five, but it was a great experience. And through that, I was recruited from a, by a couple of different companies and ended up choosing a career path with State Farm. And I worked with State Farm for a year, exactly. And then I left and decided to start my own business. But I, I look back and thank Georgia tremendously for giving me away, because I think starting your own business out of college would be a very big challenge. And I'm not sure that I would have had the skills that I needed to run a company at that age. I know it's doable, but I think it would have been a big challenge. So having some work experience and walking away from college, knowing I had a job that gave me great security and, and, and comfort. So and this is just such a simplistic question, but in your business journey, in your entrepreneurial journey, why pies? How did you settle on that? Oh my gosh. So the re my mother-in-law came into town shortly after my husband and I got married and she taught me how to make his favorite pie, which was a buttermilk pie. And so after she left to go back to Colorado, I would call her and say, Hey, send me another pie recipe. Send me another, I need an apple pie recipe. I need a chocolate chest pie recipe. So I just started baking for fun. I was doing marketing on the side for um, small businesses. That was in 2012 when no one cared about Facebook. No one saw the value of Instagram. So I had this great marketing degree and all these great ideas, but I was young and people didn't see the, the value in marketing a lot of times or in social media marketing at that time. So I was kind of floundering. And my husband came in one day and had just been to a JC's meeting, which is like the Rotary and said, hey, I've signed you up for a festival. It starts on Thursday. You've been making all these pies and either you got to start selling them or stop baking them. So I popped up a tent. I had less than $400 in my bank account, our joint bank account, actually. And we needed the money. So I sold pies. And it all began from that. Um, so it was an interesting journey into creating a pie empire. Oh, that is fantastic. So I, I'm really interested in this. I, just in general, I think um, most entrepreneurial endeavors start with a passion for something, right? And I think very, very quickly, most of the time, the passion runs out and you have to get real life with it because running a business is really, really hard and really, really challenging. So how do you manage maintaining the passion and the love that you have for cooking and for baking and the reason you start the business with managing and growing a business, which is in some ways, a different endeavor unto itself. So I, my thought on that is that, yes, you have to have passion for the product and what you create, but you've also got to have passion about running a company because running a company, like you said, is extremely challenging and you have to feel comfortable with that. And that has to excite you. Challenge and adversity and failure have to excite you and motivate you to learn from it. Or I really don't think you can be successful in owning your own company. I think passion for the product has to stay you know, you, you've got to keep that alive. But at the end of the day, as your as our company has grown, it's become difficult to keep that passion. But I, I balance it by I created a cookbook. I wrote my first cookbook and that got me back into my love for cooking again. I cook every night at home where my husband cooks. We both share a love for cooking. Um, so I was able to keep that alive in my life, plus try and balance the, the passion of growing the business. I am curious to find out there's this great um 
it's like a, not a cartoon, but it's like an image that I think describes not necessarily starting your business or whatever, but I think just chasing a dream. I mean, you've probably seen it, but it's the, the guy that's tunneling along underground and digging the hole and digging the hole. And he's like, yay far from daylight and says, I'm going to stop. And I feel like that's the journey for most people chasing a dream, starting a business, whatever it may be. What was, what was the point like for you where it felt like, oh, I'm never going to make it. And then right on the other side of that, there was a big breakthrough and something big happened for the growth of your business. Um, you know, I think the point where I felt that way was when I just had my one little shop and we were opening up a production facility because we knew that we had to centralize all of our baking and to be able to to grow. Um, but we, as we were opening that store, that production facility, I had not opened any more retail stores. So I was had this big production facility that was like 10,000 square feet that was only feeding one retail store, which was insanity. And I really feared in that moment that we had put the cart before the horse and made the wrong jump too quickly. And there were so many sleepless nights. There still are, I feel like a lot of sleepless nights today, but that was a very difficult time. But what it did was we laid the groundwork so that we then could open two more stores. So six months after opening that production facility, we, it gave us the push and the motivation. It was like sink or swim. You've got to open more stores. We opened two more stores within a month of each other, six months after opening that production facility. But that was a moment where I thought, we've done the wrong thing. We're not at the level that we need to be to supply all these stores because they're not there. But it's always that chicken and egg thing. Like, do you, what, which one comes first, you know? And, and we're in that same position again right now, actually. So it's, it comes full circle a lot of times. We've been lucky enough through this interview series to chat with a lot of people that have chased down a dream. And there seems to be a commonality amongst that group of, not shying away from or not being, um, I guess, scared of being uncomfortable. And it sounds like that's true in your story. Uh, I think discomfort is a necessary part of the path to success. Have you found that uh, seeking your way through this? And, and how do you push through that in those moments? You know, I, I've learned that I have to feel comfortable with anxiety and comfortable with being uncomfortable because I only know so much and I can only grow this company so big. But if I put myself out there in an uncomfortable situation where I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, oftentimes I find that is what motivates me and I do the best. So for me, being uncomfortable, I feel that way most days when I'm interacting with employees sometimes with having to, you know, get them back on track or like yesterday when I toured a a 200,000 square, 200,000 square foot production facility um, that makes rolls. I thought, how will we ever get to this point? This is so uncomfortable. I don't know what I'm even doing in this space. Why are we even touring this place? So I just have had to like fight the anxiety and fight the, the uncomfortable moments and just kind of fake it till I make it. I mean, I think deep down, we're all a little uncomfortable at times and you just, you just got to tell yourself you can do it. In your path professionally, how has your time at University of Georgia and your experience at the University of Georgia affected you and shaped you? Oh, my gosh. Um, UGA, I truly believe, changed my life. I get emotional when I talk about it, but it taught me 
everything I have ever needed to know, honestly, about the sales process. And I think in life, what one of my professors, Professor Kevin Ellis, taught me is that you have to know how to sell yourself first, and then you can sell anything in the world to someone. So he really taught me the benefits of being confident and understanding who I am, and then being able to translate that into confidently selling a product. Um, so the lessons I've learned there from the Terry School of Business are invaluable. And I truly believe are a lot of the reason that our company or my company is as except is as successful as it is today. I don't do I do not think in any way I'd be here without it. I love that. I don't know. Are you familiar with um, Jesse Itzler at all? He's married to yes, Sarah, Bra- Sarah Blakely. Him. Yeah. Yes, so like yes. they're the best. I mean, if you are kind of on a, on a growth path or, or chasing something down, I think both of them bring such a phenomenal perspective to that educationally and motivationally. Uh, but it's so interesting to bring that up because Jesse talks a lot about, you know, having a business, growing a business, you have to sell yourself first. People buy people. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. You got the best product in the world, but if people don't believe in you and believe in what's behind it, they're, you're kind of, you're going nowhere. I mean, the product is not going to do everything by itself. So I love that. I think that's such valuable wisdom. Um, All right. I want you to tell our listeners if they want to have a delicious pie from Southern Baked Pie, whether it's savory or sweet, what are the ways they can do that? And which ones would you suggest if they were trying them for their first time? Okay, so it's so simple to order. Visit Southern Baked Pie, baked with a D, pie.com. Order a chicken pot pie and a pecan pie. You've got dinner and dessert. Have it shipped directly to your doorstep. Or, I love that because dinner and dessert is done. Or I just launched a new product, our Southern Supper Box. Three meals, one box, less than $7 a serving. Um, Order that. It's got free shipping right now on the website. It's a huge value. Order a pot roast, a chicken pot pie, and a taco pie, and you will be set. And then add something sweet, too. I mean, you got to get a chocolate chest pie or a cherry pie. Don't, don't only go savory. Get Treat yourself, too. I have four children, eight and under. So we are going to be taking advantage of that for sure. We will take any and all pl- prayers that you will give us. <laughs> we need I will them all. be sending. Yes, yeah, so I have three, <laughs> 10, five, and one. So I am in the trenches with you. I will send yes. prayers your way. Yes, we much appreciate it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, reci- we'll reciprocate. <laughs> all right, I, I actually have... I have one additional question. Uh, this is more of a passion question for me because I, I love to bake. Uh, I jokingly call myself amongst my family, the bearded baker. And um, I love it. yeah, pies, cakes, biscuits. I bake biscuits every weekend. I just biscuits for me were like my white whale. I just couldn't get them like I wanted them. Like it was either not salty enough or it just wasn't, it was too dense or whatever. And one day it finally hit and I felt like Rocky on top of the Philadelphia Art Museum. Like I was so fired up about it. And so I bake them every weekend now. So I'm, I've gotten really into this. What is your favorite buttermilk? I'm, I want to know this. Like what is oh, the buttermilk gosh. you swear by? Mountain Fresh Creamery Buttermilk. It's a local creamery in Cleveland, Georgia. Well, it's on the way to Cleveland near Gainesville, right outside of Gainesville. I mean, they're literally milking the cows in the field. And if you ever get a chance to drive up this way, it is to die for. It is the best. It's full fat. The key is a lot of buttermilks are good, but you've got to get a full fat buttermilk. Yes. I mean, for me now, it's gotten to the point where 
you can tell just by pouring it if it's going to be good or not. Of course. And if it, if it's thin, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't either. And remember, you always got to shake it really good because it does settle the, it curdles at the bottom and settles. Yeah. I, uh, I've been caught in a lurch a couple of times where I've, I've been somewhere and wanted to make biscuits and didn't have buttermilk or couldn't get to make buttermilk. And they're always like, Oh, you can make buttermilk out of whole milk. Let me just tell y'all that is the <laughs> biggest lie on the internet. Okay. <laughs> That's just, I agree. there ain't no making buttermilk either. You got <laughs> it or you don't. <laughs> You're 100% right on that. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to close with you the way we close all our interviews. We do something called the smart 16. It's a set of 16 kind of rapid fire questions in honor of coach smart. Uh, a la, I don't know if you're a, a friends watcher or not, but my sister and I always joke. It's like the lightning round from the friends trivia episode. So that's, that's kind of how we're going to play it. Love it. Love it. All right. All right. So first question, what's your middle name? Louise, Amanda Louise. And is that a family name? It's a family name, three generations. Uh, we all have the same middle name. Oh, I love that. Okay. Who is your favorite Georgia Bulldog of all time? Herschel Walker, hands down. What is your favorite Georgia game you've ever attended? Favorite game? I didn't get to attend this one, unfortunately, but the Rose Bowl. That's like my favorite game ever, watching it on TV. I have a lot of favorite games in Athens, but to me, that's like hands down the best game ever. So I'll give you this story. Our listeners are probably sick of it because I tell it every time, but I just find so much joy in telling it. My brother, my brother and I went to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl and it was just so magical. But I will also tell you, I have never been so physically and mentally exhausted in my life than I was at the end of that football game. <laughs> I can relate to that. Yes. Like, completely. Oh, gosh, I needed I needed an IV in each arm when that thing was over with because I was worn out. <laughs> Yes. All right. What is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? Auburn, Auburn, Georgia. I love it. My husband went to Auburn, so that's my favorite. Oh, house divided. I love it. Very divided. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's interesting. You know, it's so interesting. We've talked about this a lot, too. But when we started the interview series, we kind of tried to put guesses on what people would pick. And we were just 100 percent right. Favorite rivalry. People are going to say Georgia, Florida. I would say it's been 85, 90% Georgia Auburn. Really? It's just a good game every year. I I think too, there's a lot of synergy between like certain family members go to Auburn, certain family members Mm -hmm. go to Georgia. I just think the proximity is there. There's obviously a ton of coaching connections between the two schools and just, I don't know. It's just been, it's been really interesting. Um, That is interesting. What is your favorite away stadium in the Southeastern Conference? LSU. I love their fans. I, I know some people think that's crazy. I love that stadium. Um, and it's the best, it's the best away game to me that I've ever been to. I like that one. Okay. What's the loudest home game that you ever attended? Um, the 2007 game against Auburn, the blackout game. That's the loudest one I've ever been to. I loved it. That that's the best energy that has ever been at the stadium. That, that has also been a very popular answer <laughs> among, amongst ex-players, amongst grads. I mean, that has been, that has been a popular one. Okay. Awesome. You get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia Theater. Who do you choose? Whiskey Myers. Oh, I like that. Have you ever had that one? No, that's a first-timer, and we like first-time answers, so I'm all for that. It's amazing. Check them out. They're okay, phenomenal. we will. 
Okay, what is the cocktail you're mixing for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? First, a mimosa, right when I wake up, and then <laughs> mixing um, a bubbly water, Pellegrino, with a little bit of vodka, cranberry, and a lime. Very oh, hydrating. Takes yes, that's the right. Day. That's right. It's a marathon day. It's not a sprint. I like that. That's, that's right. <laughs> okay, you're back in Athens for one meal. What's your favorite place to eat in Athens? Y'all are going to laugh at this. You're going to think I'm crazy, but Raising Cane's. <laughs> I love it. We have gotten that answer before too. And I love that because that's Stop just it. a, I'm surprised. that's just, there's like a, there's some feeling behind that. Like there are good memories at that Raising Cane's. There is. I love it. Every, I mean, <laughs> I'll drive to Athens just to get that maybe like once every six months. And I love it. Oh, I love that. All right. What's, what, what are your game day superstitions, if any? You know, I don't have any. I've just always been like, whatever goes on game day, you know? Yeah, I like that. Okay, what is your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition? Whether it's a dog walk, lone trumpet, Larry Munson coming over and addressing Bulldog Nation. What, what's your favorite thing about the pregame atmosphere at Sanford? So I love the dog walk. That's one of my favorites. It's just the energy and the excitement. It just like gets you going. Oftentimes I couldn't make it there. It'd be too early for the early game. So one of my best memories is mimosas at the KD house, you know, just starting the morning with my girlfriends and being together. And that was just fun, fun for me. That meant okay, game day. That's right. That's right. All right. Black jerseys. Yes or no? A hundred percent. Yes. I love them. What is the loss you're still not over? I think the national championship, like that still hurts. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. My co-host boss and I talk like, uh, we'll just be having like a random Tuesday and it'll be like two o'clock and I'll go, why am I thinking about the 2017 <laughs> national title game right now? <laughs> you really do. I mean, you think yeah. about it, you just, you just kind of go speechless when you talk about it. So. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah. Yeah. We try to not let that darkness creep in, but it happens every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your order at the varsity? Chili dog with mustard, mayonnaise, and an order of fries. I like it. Okay. There ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs. Yes or no? Yes. 100%. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, oh, I, I like always want to write a letter to somebody and be like, we need to play at six o'clock or later, seven. You know, we, we can't do these 10, 12, one kickoffs, even three. It's not working. I agree. And I think the reasons change as you get older, like when you're in college or mm -hmm. when you're younger, it's because like, I mean, who wants to be getting up and doing that marathon before a noon kick? Number one, like, I'm, like can I have some time to sleep before yes. we start to get tuned up? And, but then you get older yes. and you have, you have children and they got 30, 11 things going on all Saturday. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to squeeze in what's going on in the first quarter while my kids running down the soccer field. Like that's, that's not fun. I don't want to do, deal with that. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. At least by the if you have a night game, you can get what you need to get done during the day as older parents like us. And then you can relax and watch the game and be into it. So night games all the way. Yes, us too. Okay, last question. College football playoff expand to eight teams or find how it is? Eight teams. I have to say, I would really like that. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's kind of the boat we're in, too. And that's been, I think, a pretty popular answer. I think a lot of people that were traditionalists, now that there's been four, they've dug like having two straight weekends of kind of tournament football, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know. I, I think it's going to happen when the deal comes up and I'm excited about it because the more meaningful games, the better. So that's right. Uh, Okay, Amanda. Well, you're off the hot seat. You have completed the smart 16. Well done. Thank you for indulging us with that. Thank you. All right. Well, we are so, so thankful that you came on the show with us and shared your Georgia story. We loved hearing it. And please tell everyone where they can follow you on social and support you. So you can follow me on so on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Southern Baked Pie. You can check out our website, southernbakedpie.com. Um, and we just hope that you'll come to any of our four retail stores. We have pie shops where you come in and get fresh baked, delicious pie in Buckhead, Alpharetta, um, Vinings, and in Gainesville, Georgia. So just we're close to Athens. So I hope my Athens people will come in and shop with us. The one yeah. thing I forget to mention always is we ship all over the United States. So go to our website, order pie. We ship them straight to your doorstep. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's one of my favorite things on y'all's site. I think it's a beautiful tagline. It's like um, born and baked in Georgia. I love that. Yes. Yes. That, that, yeah. That's my thing. It's where I grew up, where I was raised and where I went to school. My roots are here and they always will be. Well, look, y'all don't have any excuse. Amanda's a damn good dog. She makes phenomenal pies. I know all y'all got events going on, whether it's Easter or whether it's the Masters or G-Day or all your tailgates. Y'all need to have some Southern Baked Pie at all those events. So get on it. Support Amanda. We're all about supporting dogs, so make that happen. Well, Amanda, thank you so much. And as we always close here, go dogs, stick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. 